Kurt Vonnegut, Reporter on the Afterlife, is a fiction podcast series presented by Fountainhead Transmedia and Scruffy Bots Entertainment. This immersive world is best enjoyed on headphones, though, however you choose to journey into the fantasy world of postmortem journalism, we encourage you to do so with an open heart and mind. Nothing but blue. Just endless blue and an infinite number of souls in line. It's hard to describe the hue of blue, but if I had to, I'd say somewhere between sky and electric based on the GE design template circa 1950. I cannot even attempt to describe what I'm supposing are souls for you now, unfortunately, as they are beyond my ability to comprehend, let alone verbalize, in my current state. I can't remember what precipitated the trip this time around, or how many round trips I've already accomplished. All I can really recall is that my first near-death experience was an accident, debauched anesthesia during a triple bypass, and being hooked on a feeling, a feeling that doctors can be damn well annoying. They like to put the blame on the patient, use sunscreen, don't smoke cigarettes. Instead, I can't help but think about how writers are paranoiacs. They, we, look for meaning where there is none. Well, nothing means anything except the artist makes a living by pretending, by putting ideas all through a meaningful hole, though no such hole exists. I like to think the purpose of life is to love whoever is around and to be loved. Thank you. Well, looky who's back at the far side of the blue tunnel. What? <laughs> Who is that? I could ask the same of you, old friend. Kilgore! <laughs> is that you? <laughs> What's with the cheesy yeah. echo? Are you expecting Buddha? Well, here we are. What? Oh, wow. That was blinding, or at least something similar or similar familiar potato potato what's the difference really the blue just mm. vanished i feel like i can see anew in greater detail but more important than the mesmerizing blue is that seemingly endless weight in that infinite line which, incidentally, was just long enough to convince me that at least one common-held belief stands true. What's that? If that wasn't purgatory, I don't know what is. Though my time in Dresden stands as a notable mention. I'd like to think this looks a little nicer than Dresden, <laughs> at least compared to the slaughterhouse and the city as a whole after that. On the topic of things I don't know, well, I don't quite know what I expected. Perhaps some true-to-sized Tralfamadorians or a flying spaghetti monster, but I do know that I never expect the welcome committee here at this end of the blue tunnel. <laughs> that guy in the dapper waistcoat who uses the stale apple gag? 
Don't tell me you don't recognize Sir Isaac Newton, one of the greatest scientific minds in history, known for his insatiable curiosity, even if he did die way back in 1727. Excuse me, excuse me, sir. Did you come down that tunnel? Indeed, I have many times. May I ask your opinion on how the blue tunnel works? Did you hear anything at all? Gears? Cranks? Motors? I really couldn't say. Do you know what the blue tunnel is made of? A fabric? Metal? Wood? Answer me, Rapscallion! Of course, Newton can't help himself but try to figure out how it was made. It isn't enough that during his 85 years on Earth, he invented calculus, codified and quantified the laws of gravity, motion, and optics, and designed the first reflecting telescope. He can't forgive himself for having left it to Darwin to come up with the theory of evolution, to Pasteur to come up with the germ theory, and to Albert Einstein to come up with relativity. I must have been deaf, dumb, and blind not to come up with those things myself. (laughs) What could have been more obvious? Isaac, you were knighted because you are one of the greatest minds when it comes to physics. What more could you ask for? What we know is a drop. What we don't know is an ocean. I must know what the tunnel is made of. The tunnel is made of whatever dreams are made of. (laughs) Wait, if you please, before you go, any wisdom at all you can share in regards to your voracious appetite for knowledge? Live your life as an exclamation rather than an explanation. Well, I'd say that interaction left him momentarily unsatisfied. (laughs) Did you hear that sound when he disappeared? Or was that my imagination? I'm not sure I could say who is imagining what right now. If anyone is doing anything at all. The second face to greet me, and most, is even more shocking. I never really expect to run into the man that had me locked up as a prisoner of war, thinking I was likely to find my way here on purpose by his orders many moons earlier. That is to say, Mr. Chancellor Adolf Hitler. You're far from the first to feel as such, but I try to give back a little. Welcome, everyone. Apologize to Jews and gays and some others. That's swell. I knew a fair share that made the trip direct from Germany. Oh, me too. I was technically one of them. So, where do I go from here? That depends where you're looking to end up. I'm still trying to figure out where I am, which I guess is usually the first step. Well, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. I wouldn't have pegged you as a Lewis Carroll type. There's a lot of time for reading here. You are Kurt Vonnegut's author, yeah? I believe so, in one form or another. I enjoyed a good number of your short stories, though I must admit I'm partial to non-fiction and the occasional romance novel if I'm reading more long form. I am truly honored 
I suppose. Writers generally like to stop at the Lion's Head Tavern before exploring much further, if exploring much further. This doesn't look quite like Greenwich Village, but a stiff drink at a familiar watering hole wouldn't be the worst way to ponder everything. Where's that tavern? Go straight this way between my bunker and Howard Epstein's garden. Arrive when you see the Statue of Liberty. Keeps the musical village definitely worth visiting after. But keep it on your left, and it is right there. Thank you. I'm just going to wait here a bit longer. You didn't happen to see an outfrau in the tunnel, did you? Like, really old? No. Ach, no worries. That's easy for him to say. But as others of a less genocidal nature like to say, Kurt... There is no warmer welcome than that of a loving family member. My dear Uncle Alex, my father's kid brother, a Harvard-educated life insurance agent in Indianapolis was well-read and wise, a humanist like the rest of the family. So nice to see you again. I will never forget your admirable ability to acknowledge when times were sweet. I heard you might be making the trip and thought you could use a refreshing glass of lemonade after the journey. Though Mr. Arnold Palmer himself showed me how to make the best version of his eponymous beverage, if you'd prefer. Well, if that isn't nice... (laughs) Ah, the afterlife... Just like life is about appreciating the little things, the moments while we can recognize and enjoy the happy times. Who is the guy on a tear in the white robes with the oversized book? Uh oh. Well, that didn't last long. Here comes the bureaucrat. I'm going to make myself scarce, but. I look forward to catching up more soon. Looking forward as well, Uncle Alex. Hiya, Petey. Where's the fire? Welcome back. I'm running a bit behind with all the new denizens flooding in while we try to widen the tunnel. (laughs) Very hard to do while it's in use. Mm. The latest plague has changed the nature of things. But if you give me a lifetime or two, we can check out the sights. I'd love that. But if you've got a moment right now, I'd love to pick your brains or matter or whatever it is we have right up here in our noggin. (laughs) I've no longer got my man on the ground, as they say, and I want to know how the return trip works now. I've still got my radio broadcasts to make. Sorry, old chum. I'm afraid, but also proud to say the new administration is doing a lot of things we've only talked about before. Uh, For instance, no round trips anymore. Factories have been closed and loopholes are permanently cut. Oh, is that so? (laughs) I'm feeling the noose of change tightening around my neck. We've got to find another way out. So, Pete, why am I here? Why? Why does everyone always ask that question? I've been doing this job for 2,000 years. The only notable change is the overcrowding. It is a bit of a wake-up call. There are no easy answers. But here, there are vast possibilities. Define vast for me. Quadrillions, actually. One perk 
everyone loves is that you get to pick your age. That sounds like a fringe benefit derived from the picture of Dorian Gray, where the young man makes a deal with the devil. Yeah, I know it well. Still has quite a devoted following here. But Pete, you're not a younger Pete. I'm the adult in the room. When the time comes, you have to decide for yourself. And like death, it's now permanent. Though often I understand subconscious. Well, well, with people living well into their 60s and beyond, it seems weird that a majority of the souls here look to be running around in their 20s. But I suppose most choose their most sprightly selves. Rhetorical, right? I wonder what age my father chose. He's eternally nine. Well, now I'm curious if I'd recognize him. Okay, snap out of it. Enough first day of school gibbering. Look at that. Take it in. The beautiful banks of the radical ethereal flow that is the river Styx. If that doesn't inspire you, make you want to write, then something must be broken. Or something that was broken may be fixed, but either way, I don't like it. St. Peter, do you hear that? What? Do I hear what? Where's that through the fog? There on the upper deck of that amazing junk boat. My old friend, Isaac Asimov. But, wow, he's young. I believe the arthritis in his wrists was a major factor in his decision-making. Back on Earth, Isaac was my predecessor as honorary president of the American Humanist Association, as well as the most prolific American writer of books who ever lived. He wrote nearly 500 of the things to my measly 20 so far. Isaac was born in Smolings in the former Soviet Union, but was raised in Brooklyn. You should get yourself onto that boat. Oh, well, look at that. Transported at the speed of thought. Hello there, Kurt. Welcome to my humble riverboat office. Isaac, it is great to see you, old friend. Though I am still struggling to understand how I got here. Here, broadly speaking, or here as in my boat post, floating? Well, both, really. But we can tackle whichever you prefer. As you well know... Regarding the latter, the rules of this place are as malleable and impossible to comprehend as the true size of the universe. But I can't even try to answer as to how or why anyone is anywhere. Cigarette? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> can't imagine the risks here. So, Isaac, how have you been? Read any good novels recently? I am a complete stranger to 20th century fiction and poetry. Are you still writing? I ask as I see papers stacked blissfully next to your typewriter. Fine machine, might I add. Thank you. And all the time. If I couldn't write all the time, this would be hell for me. Earth would have been hell for me if I couldn't write all the time. Hell itself would be bearable for me as long as I could write all the time. Thank goodness there is no hell. But locations and semantics aside, Isaac, you should be in the Guinness Book of World Records if you aren't already. To be immortalized along with a rooster named Weirdo who weighed 22 pounds and killed two cats? Enjoyed talking with you, 
But I have to get back to work now on a six-volume set about cockamamie earthling beliefs in an afterlife. I myself would cheerfully settle for sleep. Spoken like a true humanist. One last question. To what do you attribute your incredible productivity? Escape. As Jean-Paul Sartre used to say, hell is other people. that dazzling beauty standing on the starboard deck. Well, hello there. Are you another angel? <laughs> Far from it, kind stranger. Though many often complained my faults were caring too much for my fellow humans. A backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. Might I ask your name? Vivian Hallinan, at your service. Well, I'll be damned. I'd be careful with the blasphemy here, never know who's listening. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Though I can't say I don't enjoy a little sacrilege when I run into Senator Joseph McCarthy. I remember reading your obituary. It said you were 88. Well, here we are. What's in a number, anyways? The headline in your obit referred to you as the doyan of a colorful West Coast family. I must tell you, I was curious about that for the longest time. <laughs> a curious world it is. But I would rather be called what Franklin D. Roosevelt was called by his enemies, a traitor to my class. And on that note, we must be going full steam ahead. But welcome, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you around. What's your name, soldier? <clears throat> Private Kurt Vonnegut, 423rd Infantry. Well, isn't she something? Everyone is something. Well, Pete, I hope you didn't miss me too much while I was gone. Wait a minute, what are you, what are you doing back here? I thought I told you there was no going back and forth. Those ways you could put. But I just floated to and from the riverboat over there down the river Styx. Did you not see? It was quite magical. Yes, I'm sure, but I, I, I got a lot going on right now. But it sounds like a hoot. Hmm. That's quite the hefty book you've got there, Pete. The afterlife white pages. There's a file for each and every soul. It falls on me to keep track of what makes each one tick. This is just those that arrived in the last blink. And, 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 and there's another few blinks with the daddy coming up to love me now. Who is that? My assistant, Virgil. <laughs> Hello. There is the SIT, Saint in training. Here's the latest. Do you really have access to all of our mortal memories each and every moment with highlights to be streamed before our eyes at 18 times the speed in our final moments? We do indeed have the entire history of the universe archived chronologically, past, present, and from your limited earthly perspective, the future. Technically speaking, we can watch any moment of time. My fourth birthday party? <laughs> yeah, you had ice cream for the first time. Now that is unbelievable. How about Mother's Day, 1944, when my mom... Committed suicide? Not that I want to, but... <laughs> How about the end of the world? Naturally. But you can't watch that. Why not? Because you, Kurt Vonnegut, are an iconoclast. A rebel. Instinctively, you'll try to prevent your fate, or at least humanity's. No doubt. 
Each time a free thinker like you actually manages to change fate, there's a butterfly effect. Against all odds, you guys inspire hope and change. And then I have to erase and re-record everything. The older stuff has to be done by hand. Analog. I you know, for a saint, you are awfully self-involved. It happens all the freaking time. It's too much. Look, I don't make the rules. But nonetheless, somehow, some way, even by knowing humanity's future, you might just find a way to change it. And I can't take that risk. You're giving me too much credit. <sighs> not on your life. But I can tell you, the way things are going, it'll end not with a bang, but a tweet. Well, isn't that the sad truth? The pen might be mightier than the sword for some. But the faceless and inkless pens are the worst of all. So it goes. So, what's at the other end of the river sticks? Where everyone ends up, sooner or later. Follow me. I'd like to show you something. You know what it is. Maybe you should go through there. Maybe you deserve it. Why shouldn't you find this happiness, whatever that means? You're sick of writing anyway, right? The pearly gates. They are shiny, I guess. And if this is all here, what's waiting past the gates? It's where everything as you know it ends. It's where the souls ready to spend the rest of eternity go. It's what they like to call heaven. Well, then what's everyone out here waiting for? How long have you got? You tell me. Look, why did you start writing in the first place? Because I wanted to make the world a better place. Well, this is the best there is. But between you and me, it can get pretty boring if you let it. <laughs> or if you're in charge. It's time to let the past go. But once you're behind those gates, you don't get to come back out. That's non-negotiable. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that kind of commitment. I can't even commit to my next novel or... Even a short. But I can't imagine. Why me, Pete? What do you mean, Kurt? Well, why the special treatment? I guess someone up here likes you. Enjoy it while it lasts. Virgil, do you have anything to add? You could say everyone still out here in limbo is holding on to something or searching for someone. I suppose that explains the Isaacs, Vivian, and Adolf. <laughs> Heaven is what you make it. Look, I I'm a busy saint. You think anyone wants to work around here? In case you haven't noticed, another thousand pages just dropped. Virgil, do a lot of writers stick around here, outside the gates? Some for new inspiration, but mostly at the tavern. Well, I always like to say time is liquid. It's not quite as I remember it, though it is... Hard to say what I really do remember. No, don't get too hung up on details. The trips change. They're just a reference for where you've been, how you got there, and where you're going. Like the difference between drinking gin and scotch? Say, Pete, can I run a tab? Seems as though my worldly possessions, including my wallet and trusty tape recorder, failed to make the trip. Eh, enough of your peers have been making that work. 
Any other pressing questions before I get back to my eternal duties? Well, yes. If I must choose one, dare I ask what God looks like? The big guy or gal? Ugh. That depends on who you ask. I don't know why I would have wished for anything else. I do have a rather fond, vague memory of my old pal Dr. Kevorkian telling Andy Rooney, and I quote, Johann Sebastian Bach is my god. You created your god, so Bach's mine. Not a fan. The doctor actually runs his own commune up in the caves. Wait, what? Did, did you say Dr. Jack Kevorkian runs a commune in a cave? Who would he be communing with here? It's actually grown a decent amount of followers over time. Friends and families of those he assisted, and some general groupies. I'd love to see Jack again. But where do I find these caves? He regularly steps out to the musical village, so you won't have to make the trek. Quite lovely up there, though. Pain in my ass. And with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. Virgil, keep an eye on this guy and keep him away from Dr. Warkin. The tavern is straight that way. We'll turn right at the statue. Thank you, my good angel, saint. I don't like labels. Nothing like a good musical tune to find your way in the afterlife. No argument there. The good old Lion's Head Tavern. Looks just like the original in Greenwich Village. I think this one may have predated it. Frankly, I'm still working out how time works here, too. Well, let's start with a stiff cocktail, or whatever it is the local poison is around these parts. See where it takes us. My next chapter has got to start somewhere, and this seems as good a place as any. About belief, or lack of belief, in an afterlife. Some of you may know that I am neither Christian, nor Jewish, Buddhist, nor Muslim, nor a conventionally religious person of any sort. I am a humanist, which is to say I have tried to behave decently without any expectation of reward or punishment after I'm dead. But I'm a writer. I make up stories for a living. I get my ideas from dreams. My ideal epitaph in any case? Everything was beautiful. Nothing hurt. But I'm not sure I'm quite done yet. There is a hell of a lot going on in the world right now, much not for the best. I've gained a whole lot of wisdom in just a short span up here and will look to gain more to impart back on your world. Our world. The whole world, really. This is Kurt Vonnegut, your reporter on the afterlife, signing off for now. Until next time... Tata. Kurt Vonnegut, reporter on The Afterlife, is created, directed, and executive produced by Frederick King, based on the novel God Bless You, Dr. Kevorkian by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. This episode is written by John Rosen and Leland Gorlin. Starring Ben Becker as Kurt Vonnegut, David Wool as St. Peter, Kate Arrington as Vivian Hallinan, Will Warren as Kilgore Trout, with Landon Liberon, Harrison Lampert, and Ricky Trabuco, produced by Jim Helton, John Rosen, Grant Johnson, Andy Wing, Michael Sai, and Patrick Lyons. Music composed by Quintron, Craig Sutherland, and Jim Helton. Sound design by Craig Sutherland and Jim Helton. Production design by Caledonia Curry.
Kurt Vonnegut Report on the Afterlife is a copyright of Fountainhead Transmedia, Inc.